All right, I want to welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Nerd Northern Nerdcast, where we showcase the geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events that happen in and around the city of Edmonton. The Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. Please feel free to head on over to albertapodcastnetwork.com for a list of amazing Alberta-made podcasts. We would also like to encourage everyone out there that if you enjoy this episode, to share it with your friends on social media. This way, we are able to help grow the community here in Edmonton and keep everyone up to date on the latest news and information regarding the geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events that happen in and around the city of Edmonton. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be featured on our show, please feel free to contact us over at northernernetwork.com. Now, let's get on with the show. All right, so I would like to welcome everyone back to another edition of the Nerdcast. My name is Dan Chessel, and on today's edition of the Nerdcast, we have none other than the co-hostest with all the mostest, Chelsea Johnson. <laughs> Say hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> and today on the show, we also are welcoming Catherine Liddell. Is that how you say your last name? I didn't even ask you beforehand. It's Lindall, but... Lindall. <laughs> uh, to the show, say hello. Hi. Awesome. So, uh, Catherine is one of our lovely local cosplayers and uh, artists uh, yeah. that resides here in Edmonton. So, we'll talk a little bit later uh, with her about all that kind of stuff. Uh, but first off, we'd like to ask everyone how their week was. So, Catherine, how was your week? Um, my week was pretty good. I started my new job recently in West Edmonton Mall. That's really exciting. I haven't worked in several months. So, being able to be on my feet and do something for a living kind of feels good. That's awesome. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. What kind of work is it? Uh, just a retail job. I work at the new Levi's store, so I sell clothes, mainly jeans, but... That's fun. Nice. Anything else? Uh, other than that, not really. I mean, things are pretty boring at home. I've been working a solid, like, this week so i haven't done much other than work how was your long weekend did you get to relax at all or go anywhere fun or was it just kind of a mellow chill out for you no i had to work uh, <laughs> the yeah. store the store just opened on thursday so we were doing store prep and that's where all my hours were so i was like unboxing stuff putting things together and doing all that so awesome yeah my mother went out to see the family in Lac Lanun, but I couldn't go because I worked. So, oh well, that's life. <laughs> it uh, happens. We have, uh, of course, our uh, chat room that people can come and talk to us during this episode. Um, and we do have a comment uh, saying uh, it was from our our very loyal listener, Aaron, uh, and he said uh, he used to work at West Edmonton Mall as a submarine captain. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that is a fun fact I did not know. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> we awesome. We learn new things about Aaron every day. <laughs> this it's is good true. to always have someone like that and learn something new about them. It's kind of neat. 
Yeah, like I've never known a submarine captain before, but now I guess I do. <laughs> yeah, they used to have the submarines. I don't know if they brought them back or not, but I remember them going around when I was a kid. I was in one, and then they just stopped them all together. So. Yeah, they pulled those out a long time ago. The track's mm -hmm. still down there, but I think they just they decommissioned the subs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so Chelsea, how was yeah. your week? It's been a while since we talked. Yeah, because you weren't even here for the well. last. Episode. I, I was away for the last podcast, and then we were off last week for the long weekend. So it's it's been a little bit since I've been around. Um, yeah, it's been good. Summer winding down, getting ready to pick shifts back up with the Vancouver School Board now that school's back in session. Mm -hmm. um, still some film and TV background work here and there, and auditions here and there, which is lots of fun. What else? Over the long weekend, I went camping. So there's um, BC Hydro in BC. Uh, a lot of their um, dam sites and partnering with BC Forestry um, to create dam sites. They build like non-paved gravel logging roads um, and partner with BC Forestry. And then a lot of their dam sites, they have lakes that form. And so BC Hydro runs free campgrounds at a lot of these like dam sites and lakes. Um, so you have to be able to like trek up these like super steep, unpaved, really like bumpy, potholy gravel <laughs> roads to get to them. But once you get there, they're beautiful. So um, we went to uh, Jones Lake, which is like nine kilometers straight uphill on these like terrible gravel logging roads. Um, and we got there and we're pretty sure that like just as we were pulling into our campsite we ran over a nail because we got out of the truck and all we heard was oh, and the back passenger no. tire went flat uh, and then because my boyfriend got his truck um, secondhand the key so the tr the spare tire on the truck is underneath yep. the bed of the truck yeah, yeah. and there's a key to unlock it and release it so the jack and everything was there in the truck where it should be, but no key to unlock the stairs. Oh, no. So we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're going to be stuck up on this mountain at the lake. We're not going to be able to get home. But luckily, not one, but two mechanics happened to like pass by and be like, hey, are you guys are okay? Do you need anything? And the second mechanic actually had pulled into the, the site next to us. And he was like, well, I actually just came up to make sure that I got a spot and drop off my tent, but I'm going back down to pick up my son. Uh, I can bring, like, a patch kit and, like, a, a battery-powered pump and, like, help you fix your tire. So we were so lucky. He was such a nice guy. He helped us fix, fix our tire. We had a great time camping, and we were able to make it home. That's so, awesome. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. How about you, Dan? How have your few weeks been? Well, they have been quite busy. Uh, we did take a little bit of a trip because uh, I took a week off of work. Mm -hmm. something I, I saw some pretty amazing pictures. I never get to do this. So I was super excited and happy I got to take a little bit of time off of work. So I took a week off of work. We went down to Drumheller. Uh, I took the boys and, and the wife down there. Um, I could tell you if you don't, if, you, if people out there have not gone to Drumheller, and I, I don't understand why you wouldn't have. Um, but if you haven't, go do yourself a favor. Go down there because it is a pretty fantastic little place. Um, 
I know this the city is not that big and people are like, oh, all there is is a museum. No, there's not. There's tons of other stuff down there to to see and do, um, including um, for a lot of people out there who don't know this, the Star Trek Museum is actually down in Drumheller now. They moved it from Vulcan up to up to Drumheller. And I think they did that mainly because people couldn't make it all the way down to Vulcan. <laughs> Because uh, there's quite a ways down there. Uh, and so, yeah, so now John Heller has the Star Trek Museum, which is fantastic, by the way. It is so well done. Uh, they got some amazing pieces in that uh, in that, in that that museum, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they do have some really cool stuff. I remember a couple of years ago um, when we went to shoot some stuff at Pure Speculation a few years ago, they mm-hmm. had a booth there. Um, a couple really nice gentlemen. Um, we got some great footage chatting with them. Um, but probably like the coolest thing they had on display at Pierspec was Captain Catherine Janeway's uniform. It's true. They they have that sitting out there, and you can I like you look at it and you're like, man, she was so tiny. I, I like yeah, I knew she was so is small. not a tall lady. She was yeah. super small. So yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but the the one thing I th- thought was pretty awesome is that they actually had like a working phaser on like that you can actually hold and touch and turn up and down i'm like really like this is one (laughs) that you would actually use on site and i know from what i was like under the impression of is like any said show would only have four of these on on their set the rest would are like wood or something else like they, they weren't even like very good copies like they're, they're <laughs> the further back you were the the worst phaser you got uh and so like this is one of those ones where it was an actual working with the lights and everything, lights is, up and, everything. and it makes noise and things i was like this is really cool nice uh so yeah that was pretty awesome to to check out uh aside from that we like there's so much uh like i said in drum heller like there's so much history down there that when you go down there, um, it's just you get to see so many like old mine sites and all these other places, and it's well, absolutely and it's fantastic. really stunning country down there. Yes, like I mean, aside from beautiful. the hoodoos, which in and of themselves are amazing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like this weird corner of the province. It's this like beautiful desert landscape. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, one other thing I'd like to to say uh, just before we uh, like t- I talk on to the next thing is that while I was down there, I just I just recently found this out is that Alberta has seven ferries. Did you know that? Seven. I, I didn't. There's seven of them. I I didn't even know there was one, oh, let I alone seven. Yeah, like, we're, was one, for, but... for a landlocked province, that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. although, is one of them in Waterton Lakes National Park? I have no idea where the other rest are. I think one of them, as far as I know, one is obviously down in Drumheller yeah. um, to get across the, uh, the Red Deer River. Um, and the other one, I'm pretty sure another one is up in uh, Athabasca, I believe. Uh, there's one up there. And I can't remember where the other ones are. Uh, uh, Catherine, do you know where any of them are? I think I've seen a ferry on the like North Saskatchewan. Honestly, I've seen a ferry there. 
But um, mm. I have no idea where the other ones are. I know my mom's taken a ferry, but I have no idea where she's taking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I did not know this until just the other, like, uh, we went down to... When we, when we finish the podcast tonight, I'm going to go and Google that because that's I, like... I didn't actually <laughs> try to... I, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, I should Google that. Oh, wait, I'm driving right now. I can't really do that. So That's my learned something new for the day today. So. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. The more you know. <laughs> uh, aside from that, uh, I've been pretty much... Uh, well, we got some grass at our house finally, so we laid some sod. Uh, well, I didn't lay any sod. Uh, so the sod came on off Friday to our house and Trina so graciously, uh, put it all in for me. So I didn't have to do any of it. <laughs> I come home and our house has grass and it's amazing. So, uh, I want to thank Trina out there for, uh, doing the sod at our house. That was awesome. Um, and aside from that, I've been playing just a ton of this new game. It's called destiny two. Uh, yeah. So Trina is not happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> Too much video gaming, Dan. Maybe just a little bit. Maybe just a little. Just a little bit. Uh, but it's pretty fantastic. I'm actually quite impressed. Uh, I know a lot of people who've been playing. Like I played the first one a ton, just a ton of it. Um, Nathan Fillion voices a character in that, yes, right? Oh, yes, yeah. he does. And <laughs> I, I've been playing this game, right? And I. I have uh, Neo. He comes and joins me uh, to come and watch while 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 I play. And as soon as he sees Nathan Fillion's character, Cade Six, on the screen, he starts pre-laughing because he knows whatever Cade is going to say is going to be hilarious. And so he's just dying on the floor. I'm like, <laughs> he hasn't even said anything yet. What's wrong with you, kid? He's holding a chicken. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he's uh he loves that character absolutely uh to no end. It's it's absolutely fantastic to just to watch him. Um and aside from that, like I said, the for this this Destiny game uh has been really good. Um the the story has been absolutely fantastic. The world uh the the they've built this round uh has been it's been so good. So yeah, uh I, that's pretty much what I have been uh spending a lot of my time time with uh yeah that's it so nice. i think that's about it do we just go to a break right now yeah let's do it sure all right let's uh let's do this nope. i should have been probably uh more prepared for that <laughs> It's tough because you've got the different devices for the music. You've got to get it all set up. So, Dan, did you know that this month's sponsor is the Edmonton Community Foundation? I did, but sadly, I didn't know. I don't know uh, too much about them. Well, let me tell you. The ECF, or the Edmonton Community Foundation, essentially acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community within the Edmonton area. 
Not only that, the EDC also produces a podcast called the Well Endowed Podcast. The show's main focus is to help potential donors set up endowment funds to support good works in our community. That that sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, and September's podcast coming up features a queer history tour of Edmonton with writer and theater legend Darren Hagen. Um, and just a sidebar, he is a theater legend. He's amazing and hilarious. Um, if you want to see some really funny improv or theater in Edmonton, check out Guys in Skies. Um, yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that sounds amazing. I know, but Chelsea, I'm still a little confused. Uh, where can I go to find all this stuff? Uh, you can visit their website, www.ecfoundation.org, for more information about the foundation itself. Or if you want to check out the Well Endowed podcast and listen to the September podcast or any of their earlier podcasts, you can find them at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Uh, they're also on Apple Podcasts and on Google Play. All right. Thanks, Chelsea. I think I will. All right, so today, like I said uh, earlier on during the show, uh, we have Catherine Lindahl uh, joining us with us. I didn't actually say Lindahl before, but I did now. Oddly <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough, it's hard for everyone to get so for some reason. so. Which is weird because it actually does say Lindahl. Like, I don't yeah. know why I, I said it the other way. It was not a very good moment of mine. Anyways, too, much, too much reading. Too much reading. I got a lot of reading I have to do right now. Uh, we have her joining us today, uh, who is uh, an artist and a cosplayer and all sorts of awesome things. So first off, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your art, I guess. Sure. Um, and what, what kind of art do you do then? Uh, I'm a multimedia artist, so I do everything from traditional artwork, pencil and paper, to acrylic paintings, to digital art. My art style is generally in the anime kind of art style. I've been drawing that way since I was in grade four. That's when I started drawing. So uh, most of my style is uh, known for my chibis. I draw a lot of them. I like drawing them. They're really fun. They're really cute. But um, yeah, I draw regular non-chibi stuff as well. <laughs> so what, what got you into drawing? Like... All this kind of stuff. Um, well, when I was a kid, I had, well, even now as an adult, I have ADHD, which is attention deficit, deficit hyperactivity disorder. And there's like a couple different like types of it. Mm -hmm. There's, there's ones where there's like the attention deficit one where it's harder to focus and things like that. And there's the hyperactivity, like both have hyperactivity in different ways. The main hyperactivity one is like extreme hyperactivity. I knew a kid who had the extreme hyperactivity and he was really good with sports. Um, I started drawing because of my ADHD because I found that when I was drawing in class, I was able to focus better than just watching the teacher talk. You know what I mean? Having some kind of kinetic output for your energy, your body to have that as an output so your brain didn't have to think about it. 
Exactly. I got in trouble for it a lot until they realized that that's why I was doing it. Like I would go to doctor's appointments with my ADHD doctor, well, therapist, she was kind of both. And she would let me draw while me and my mom talked to her basically, cause she got it. And so it was basically what I was doing to help focus. My other hyperactivity thing is that I fidget a lot as well, but I put most of my, most of my extra energy into drawing. And I always liked anime. Like I watched Pokemon when I was a kid. I used to watch Sailor Moon with my uncle and all this stuff. So I would draw from that. And I watched Dragon Ball Z with my brother. I used to draw a lot of Dragon Ball Z stuff and a lot of Inuyasha once I hit grade six and started watching that. And that's kind of how it started to accumulate. And I started to enjoy being an artist and wanted to get better at it. So like you, 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 you watched all this, uh, Dragon Ball and all this kind of stuff. Why did you start watching yeah. this? Um, I started what Sailor Moon. Cause that love. <laughs> I started Sailor Moon and Pokemon when I was five years old, and they all had bright colors and cute animals and things like that. And with Pokemon specifically, it made me branch out into other things that were on TV because they were on TV, right? I didn't go fishing for them. I was five. My mom and my mm -hmm. uncle would watch uh, these, these shows with me. And so with Pokemon, I got into uh, Monster Rancher and then I got into Digimon and then it kind of just started to continue after that. So like Sailor Moon has like a really big spot in my heart because like i said i used to watch it with my uncle and he passed away when i was nine mm -hmm. and he was a really big influence in my life because i didn't have a dad growing up so he was the closest thing i had and we played video games together as well and i think that's also part of the reason why i liked a lot of like japanese anime kind of things because we would play platformers like banjo kazooie and crash bandicoot but we'd also play like kirby mario jrpgs all this kind of stuff which kind of links into japan which links to the anime that we also watch together so i would just as i got older i would just continue seeing all these anime like shows on tv and i would start to watch them and see if i liked them and then i had friends who liked different kind of anime from school and stuff and i would get into that from them and it kind of just it's just a perpetuating cycle. Yeah. Um, now, I want to backtrack for just a second and go back a little bit more to talk about your your style. For those maybe watching or listening who don't know what Chibi is, can you explain a little bit more about that? I can grab an example that's like right next to me if you want. That would be amazing. Yes, please. Awesome. So... This is my sign that I'm going to have for the Edmonton Expo with all my like prices and stuff this is basically a chibi some of them are differently drawn mine are more anatomically correct as i say um some have shorter like shorter limbs and our bigger heads more disproportionate mine's more in proportion with herself right this is supposed to be me <laughs> but um 
basically with chibis and stuff, they're just like smaller versions of the character. They have big heads, big eyes, small Usually arms, made deliberately bullets. cute, right? Yes, exactly. And like I said, mine, mine are pretty cute, but they're more like anatomically correct. They don't have mm -hmm. like super short limbs or things like that, but they, you know, they have the bigger head and the bigger eyes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's basically what I specialize in. Like, all my other art is really good, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, apparently. I've heard it a lot. But uh, chibis, I draw a lot in my spare time just because I like to draw them. And it's awesome that you've, you know, found a way to, like, put your own stamp on them, too. Yeah. By, so like, not... tweaking the style a little bit. That's yeah, nice. so they're, it's, it's a little different. Still falls in that category, but it's something different for the eye, you know? So in in all the years that you've been drawing, yeah. you know, starting in school as a way to help you focus and sort of honing your skill and getting better as you drew over the years and then branching out into different mediums and different types of art, do you have like a favorite piece or a favorite collection or a favorite like medium that you've worked in that immediately springs to mind? Yeah, um, it, it's, I have a few. When I first started drawing on the computer, I love doing digital art. And I think it's because I have a wide colors to choose from at like the click of a pen, basically. Mm -hmm. While if I did traditional, I'd be paying nine bucks for Copic markers per marker. <laughs> And so with digital art, you have like the whole spectrum already available to you. And I think that's really cool. And you have different ways to like blend and shade and contrast and all that kind of stuff. Um, when I started, I used to use MS Paint and a mouse <laughs> when it came to digital art. And I wish I had some of the old stuff. But it was on our old desktop that kind of got destroyed because it got too many viruses. <laughs> And so that sucks, but I had a lot of good stuff on MS Paint. I used to love MS Paint. That was like my go-to program because I could never figure out Photoshop. Mm. Now, Paint Tool Sci came out, and I love that program. That's probably the best program I've used thus far. Uh, I used Photoshop a little bit for like backgrounds and patterns and things like that. But to color, to line art, to do all that stuff, I use Paint Tool Sci. There's a piece that I did work on about a year or two ago. It was a commission for a friend of mine named JJ. And he asked me to draw a character named Rubik from Dota 2. And he had a specific build on this character because you can change the builds and stuff. And it shows different like armor and things. And he's like, can you draw this for me? So I drew Rubik and there is like, he's like magical. He's a mage, I believe. And he has like all this magic like around him and stuff. I can link it to you guys later if you want. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, that's probably one of my favorite pieces that I've worked on because it really challenged me to do different lighting and different, different blending styles and things like that to make him look like Rubik. So... And so now, when did the like, when did it dawn on you? When did the transition happen between like, drawing is something I do for myself to help me focus, or I do because I love doing it to like, yeah, I'm getting lots of compliments on it. Maybe I could start, you know, taking commissions or 
going to cons and selling or you know when did when did that happen how did that come about uh in high school when i was drawing um i i didn't have a lot of friends in elementary and middle school so most of my friends came to me in high school i met a lot of my friends in high school and conventions i've been going to conventions since i was 12 years old but i didn't get my first cell phone till grade 10 so i didn't really have a huge way to communicate with people so in high school, I had a friend ask me if she could pay me to draw her something. And I was really like confused and baffled. I was like, I can just draw you something. She's like, no, you're really good. And I want to pay you for it. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I like to give to people. Taking money feels weird to me. <laughs> feels weird to me. It always has. But, uh, you know, if people want to give me stuff, they give me stuff regardless. I mean, if I say no, they're like, just take it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she asked me to commission, to, to draw her something as a commission. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And that's kind of how it started. Um, I didn't start actively doing commission commissions, like, you know, advertising and things like that until after high school because I didn't really know how to price things. Like I gave her a full body, full color thing. I used to have like the touch markers, which are light Copics, but they're made by a different company and they're cheaper. And I gave her a full body, full color, like traditional drawing for like 10 bucks. And now I'd probably charge like 20, 25 bucks for something like that with traditional art. But um, that's kind of how it, how it started. And when she asked, other people in my friend circle started asking and things like that. So that's kind of how, how it started was my group of friends saw my art and they were like, oh, you're so good. Can you draw this for me? I'll give you like 10 bucks for it. And I was like, okay. Um, and I got better and I got more into like digital art and stuff. That's when I started to think maybe I should start doing digital commissions my prices have changed so many times in the years now uh, i'm finally comfortable at where i am for commission prices sometimes i think maybe i should lower them but a lot of people are like no you shouldn't like where you're at is good so i'm like okay but uh yeah it was because of that it made me feel good enough and confident enough to start doing commissions later on like to advertise for it so if any of our listeners or viewers like your style and want to check you out and maybe commission you to do a piece, where can they see some more samples and do that? So I have a Weebly, which is like a website maker thing, and it's topazias.weebly.com. And there it has commission information. I have a gallery there with everything from 2015 to 2017. Awesome. And so it'll show everything from chibis to non-chibis to everything. I have a form that can be filled out. You can pay there where the form is. It tells you it has a drop-down menu. Or you can discuss it with me and then pay me through PayPal or e-transfer if you live in Edmonton. So now for you, has your love of art and your work as an artist fed into and influenced your cosplay because you're also a cosplayer uh yes uh a little bit yeah um 
like I do fabric painting on some of my costumes and stuff. And I feel like if I was an artist already, that would like go right over my head. Um, I did Nottingham Ezreal last September from League of Legends for Edmonton Expo. And he has like this design on his back. It's like a burst almost and it's blue and it's really pretty. And I had to hand paint that. I drew it out with like a white Crayola pencil and then I painted over it. And he has like this, this gold trim with like these X's in it on his like poncho thing. And I had to paint that and that was really tedious. Like I put him on a two year hiatus and didn't touch it for two years because I didn't want to paint that trim. <laughs> cause, cause like how I had to do it is because the gold paint was so thin. It had to be like constantly layered. So I had to do like masking tape and I would do like one thing a masking tape and then i'd put another and there'd be like an opening and i'd paint that opening gold let it dry for 10 minutes paint over it let it dry for 10 minutes rinse and repeat take off the tape do it again to make an x and it was like the worst thing ever and it took so long that i just had no patience with it so i put them away and then i didn't have anything to do for edmonton expo last year because i wasn't working so I couldn't bring anything new. And I was like, I could finish Ezreal. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and um, like I did fabric painting on, I did Handsome Jack from Borderlands 2. I wore him for about three years. And I did all the cell shading, like all the Borderlands black line cell shading all over his clothes from his Hyperion shirt to the vest, to the white shirt, to the pants and the blazer i did all the cell shading on that it took me like 72 hours and wow. i did marie from splatoon and i had to um i made tentacles out of like a vinyl for her tentacle hair thing going on and i attached them to the wig and because the tips of her tentacles in the back are green and have like spots on them and stuff they're like a green gradient to the white i took paint and i mixed it with a fabric paint thing and like it's a substance that turns your acrylics into fabric paint and i did that i used the sponge to try and get like the faded gradient effect and it worked which was amazing and I painted the spots on it and stuff. And so that kind of stuff helps as an artist, right? So now you said that you started going to conventions when you were 12. Was that yeah. your introduction into cosplay? When was the first time you like saw somebody in cosplay? And was it an immediate like, oh my God, that's amazing. I need to do that kind of reaction. Um, it was my first convention was Animathon, and I was twelve years old. I was just in just entering, like just in the beginning of middle school, and I met a friend who was really nerdy and really into like anime and manga and stuff. And I would hang out with her at the libraries and all this stuff, and she told me about it, and I was like, "That sounds kind of cool," because I always liked Halloween and I always liked to dress up and being costume and things like that like I've always loved that since I was knee-high to a grasshopper so when she told me about the convention I was like that sounds pretty cool and I asked my mom if uh, we could go did 
And it was so cool because when we went, I saw like all these characters I knew. I saw some Pokemon, I saw Sailor Moon, I saw some Digimon, I saw like things I've never seen before. And I was like, this is so cool. It's like Halloween in the middle of August. Like, this is so crazy. And I was like, so ecstatic. And like at this time in my life i was drawing and i was like really into neopets so i draw like anthropomorphic characters basically nowadays nice. they're furries right so like i saw an artist there who drew the same kind of stuff there in artist alley and i remember i got to draw like this wolf character i had and i was like so crazy in love with it and i was like i want to cosplay i want to i want to do this artist alley thing like I want to be all a part of this community so that's kind of what started it It was my friend who told me about the convention and then I went and that that's where we are today I have to admit uh Animathon is by by far one of my favorite uh conventions in Edmonton here and especially just, for cosplay especially for cosplay costumes that happen there are amazing it's true uh and and the people there are just so friendly and so welcoming like so if you ever show up to animathon people there are just they they just are so nice uh and there they, there's like no judgment there's nothing like this it's just a great great awesome community uh there at animathon so yeah that's awesome and it's a great way to uh get you know i can understand where that love would come from mm -hmm. uh especially from a, a convention like that that's awesome now a similar question to the one i asked about your artwork in all the years that you've been cosplaying do you have a like favorite or most memorable or like one that has a special spot in your heart that you go back to cosplay that you created and wear <sighs> Handsome Jack from Borderlands 2 is probably my favorite costume I have done to this day. And part of it stems from, I, I make myself look so masculine in that costume and people forget who I am until I start talking. <laughs> like I've had a lot of friends I'd be like, hey, and they're like, ooh, I was like, yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> because like with Jack, if nobody knows Borderlands 2, he has a mask on his face that resembles his actual face, but underneath it, there's like this ugly scarred symbol underneath it. So, spoiler alert, but it's an old game, so whatever. But um, he wears this mask, and with, with him, I, I paint the mask on. I mix like my foundation with a white face paint, and I pin it on and I contour the hell out of my face and I try to make myself look as masculine as possible, put all the cell shading, you know, bind myself and, you know, I'm out the door. But yeah, no, a lot of people I know had a hard time recognizing me for a while when I first started wearing him because I looked so different. Um, I'd say another one that has a special place in my heart would be my second cosplay that I that I have done, which I have no pictures of because it's super embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I was like 13 when I did it. Um, no, I was 14. Sorry. Uh, my first convention was when I was 12. Then I cosplayed the next year. 
And then the year after that, I started cosplaying. My third, my second cosplay, sorry, was Demix from Kingdom Hearts 2. And that's kind of how I met a lot of the cosplay friends that I know today, like the older ones. I have a mix of age of friends. And there's a few of them that I've known for like, for as long as I've been cosplaying, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really memorable. Um because Kingdom Hearts 2 was out and it was really popular. And so everybody was like super friendly and and Demix was really popular. So yeah, that's also one that has a special place. So now when you go to cosplay at conventions, are you a, like multiple costumes in one day or like a different costume for each day? Or like you take one and you wear it for the whole con or does it depend on the con you're going to? It depends. Uh, when I was a kid, I was really the person that had like three costumes a day or like I'd have so many costume switches, things like that. As I got older, I try to stick to one costume a day or like four costumes in a three day con. So I changed like Friday morning and sat and Friday evening and then wear one costume Saturday, one costume Sunday or mix it around kind of idea. But um when I first debuted Handsome Jack, I wore him all weekend. I wore Marie from Splatoon for, I believe, a whole weekend as well. In I think it was Saskatoon Comic and Entertainment Expo. I can't really remember. But I wore her for one consecutive weekend as well. And this past Anime-thon, I wore Futaba Sakura from Persona 5 for the entire weekend. So it really depends on like at financially too, Mm -hmm. because cosplay is very expensive. So if I can pump out more than one costume, I'll try to wear one more than one costume. If I can't, I'll pick one that I know I'm gonna wear, reuse some of my old costumes, you know what I mean? So yeah. That's awesome. So with the Edmonton Expo coming up, uh, I have to ask you a little bit about uh, the new cosplay uh, rules and regulations that have been coming out. Uh, I understand from my understanding right now, and I don't, I don't want to speak too badly about the Edmonton Expo. Right now, at the moment, they are rewording a lot of the, the, the new rules. But I want to hear a little bit of your thoughts on some of the, the rulings that have been coming out. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't want to say anything bad about the Edmonton Expo either. I'm an artist alley this year, and, like, I like the convention as a whole generally. I haven't been able to go to Calgary Expo in a long time because of how expensive it is. And so with Edmonton Expo's rule, I have one huge gripe, and a lot of people on Facebook know that I have this gripe, and at this point, I don't care. I think the one-inch shoe policy is extremely ridiculous. Everybody's shoes is at least one inch off the ground, first of all. Second of all, this makes or breaks a lot of costumes. I have a friend who, him and his girlfriend, well, they're acquaintances. I call them friends because they're on my Facebook, and they seem like really nice people, and I'd like to be their friend. But um, they cosplayed Doom Guy from Doom. I can't remember the female character that his girlfriend cosplayed. I wish I could, but I cannot remember because I don't play Doom. I know of it, but I don't play it. But I know Doom Guy because his name is Doom Guy, and I think that's hilarious. But um, <laughs> um, 
his doom guy is so good i think he, they won last year in the cosplay contest for uh calgary expo and because of the shoe policy he won't be able to wear doom guy because doom guy's shoes are more than one inch off the ground and i believe he wears must wear a platform or something because i know the rule is like your toes can't be more than one inch and another gripe that I have is that this, I feel like this hits me personally too. Like not that they made the rule for me, but like I have a costume where this rule makes or breaks it. I have, no, I have self-confidence issues sometimes with my costume work because for a long time I would buy my costumes, which there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. I will still buy costumes if I don't have the time to make it, but I wouldn't compete because of it. And so this year, I'm hoping by Expo next year, I will finish Sarah Kerrigan from StarCraft. But there's a version of her from Blizzard's MOBA game, Heroes of the Storm. There's a skin that I use called Succubus Kerrigan. So instead of her being an alien, she's a demonic succubus with goat feet, like hooves and hoof, hoofed boots are more than one inch off the ground. And I've heard a lot of people make the suggestion, put them on for the cosplay contest and then like take them off and things like that. Well, it's really hard, like that's a good idea. But at the same time for some cosplays, that's really, really hard because part of the costume can be integrated onto the boot. So you can't really take it off. Like Kerrigan's succubus skin she has like this armor that goes up to her like from like off of her leg to like the upper thigh and so when i do that armor it'll have to be attached to my boot because of how it blends into the foot if that makes sense mm -hmm. yep and so if i were to take the boot off i'd be taking my entire leg armor with it and if like my if if my friend if he were to i am guessing his boots are integrated into his cosplay too if they're not then okay but if they are which i'm pretty sure they are he would have to take off his whole like his whole leg armor because of his boots right you can't really just pop the boot off they're integrated into the armor build of the costume safety issue i really understand the safety issue but if someone has a handler even like i have would definitely be able to be a handler for me because huff boots are going to be really awkward because you stand on your toe right like these would be your toe and your heel would be up here it gives you like the look of a satyr mm -hmm. yeah and so I would definitely need handlers and I don't mind having handlers because I also have big wings on my back and this big tail going everywhere and things like that. So with handlers, I don't see it being quite a safety issue. See, and it does say if you do have a costume with attached wings or they may be required to have a handler uh, and determined to have like for those who have been determined to have mobility issues. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, from my understanding of the rule is that typical boots that you buy in the store, like combat boots, those things, like they do have a one inch heel or whatever the sole, those are now fine to use. 
I think a lot of people were uh, upset and uh, maybe blowing this out of proportion just a little bit uh, because a lot of boots were uh, now disqualified. However, if you do buy these in the store, um, commercial uh, uh, boots, commercially purchased, you can do that. You can wear those. They're they're perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I think Catherine hit on it. I think the original wording was that the one-inch rule was specifically that your toes couldn't be one inch. So, like, more the idea of a platform so yes. that you yeah. don't have, like, I think it's mostly to do with things that have uh, with toes. An abs uh, like something that's not a normal footwear, right? Yeah. That you can't just go out and buy it. So, platform shoes... Yeah and stilts those kinds of things those are what they're trying to get after i i understand in a context of yeah this is maybe a little bit ridiculous for some people um because yes i have seen some people walking around with like some crazy cool costumes on stilts and other things that you know you do have to like raise yourself up quite a bit to to be um and so i i, I get that kind of breaks a lot of people's costs costumes and especially at this time uh for the edmonton expo to be coming out with a new set of rules when people have already made their costume um and i and i get that like that that yeah that sucks. was that was the biggest gripe that they waited two weeks until the expo to release it i think yeah, where so, a I lot mean, of the expo, came from. expo is just around right around the corner and they've revamped the yeah. ruling um and so a lot of people are really upset and and the, the funny thing is a lot of people who uh who are going to this expo are not going to know about these rules beforehand exactly. they're not going to they're not going to understand that these are what's in place right now and they're going to get to the expo and they're going to be turned away or they're going to be said you know you can't you can't come in here with these and you have half a costume on um and yeah. so that that like, sucks. I don't, that really does suck. Like I don't want to, I don't want to go and wear care again and be told you gotta take those off because hoof boots. My toes are gonna be more than an inch off off the ground. I can tell you that mm -hmm. right now, because the hooves have to be thick enough to support the rest of the shoe. Yeah. So like if I have care again, all done, and she's ready to go, and I go, and they tell me. You can't be here because of your shoes and i'm gonna be like well that makes no sense i have handlers like everything will be safe like i'll make sure not to hit people like i, I don't know like i understand i'm sorry i understand stilts because stilts can be dangerous i get that it's just there's certain like i have a friend who spent 350 dollars on custom hooked shoes i believe costume and now she's unsure that she if she can wear them and things like that and with it being so close i just think it's not really right on expos do that so soon if you know mm -hmm. i like some of the points that you raised i feel like there could be points of compromise right like if they're talking about sort of these specific extremely raised type shoes being a mobility issue then assigning handlers like you would for large wings or tails or things like that mm -hmm. um or you know making the same sort of exemption that they make for specific weapons for the specifically for the cosplay contest right making an exemption for 
those pieces for the contest. So if you're coming in to be a contestant in the contest, then you have an exemption for the day to wear them. You know, yeah. I, think, I think there are places where they could make compromises and sort of tweak the policy to allow for like really, especially where it, it completes the costume and makes for a really amazing costume. This yeah. is not the first time uh, that the Edmonton Expo has had their cosplay rules under fire before. Um, they used to be crazy strict about anything that resembled a gun uh where it wasn't even allowed on on the on the expo property um it doesn't matter if it was capped off nothing like it, or obviously obvious fake or whatever it didn't matter uh they didn't they didn't uh accept those uh and so i mean it's not the first time that edmonton expo has been in this position um i do hope that they they fix it and and make it better uh for people uh, maybe make it clearer and and more concise on what they can and cannot do. Um, I do. It's like again. I, I do understand. It's tough that too. I it's, mean, it's I feel for them. for them. They're in a tough position because, I mean, with cosplay where your imagination is literally the limit. Yeah, like, where the sky is the limit. <laughs> I mean, really. The definitions for this kind of thing are basically infinite, right? And so it's tough for them to come up with like standardized wording that will cover everything because the list is inexhaustive and infinite and that you know it all comes from a really good place of like wanting to keep the convention safe and sustainable so that you know people are able to come and have a good time and not have to worry about accidents or injuries or stuff like that so i feel for them because they're in a precarious state and it's tough because it's truly one of those situations where no matter what ruling they make or decision they come to they're never going to be able to make everybody happy which is a tough spot to be in yeah yeah no and i agree like i remember last i think it was last year the year before i'm pretty sure it was last year i saw this big kerfuffle about calgary expo and that they were making people line up so they could inspect their costumes or something like that and everybody had to do this and people were like freaking out because they didn't feel like it was right for them to do that. Did you guys hear about that? I'm not 100% sure. I didn't right. know. Um, I know I like we attend yeah. the Calgary Expo, but I I never really heard of them make, inspecting any costumes or anything like it that. It was it was something like that. I can't really remember what the whole thing was. Anyway, everyone made a huge kerfuffle that they just decided not to do it last time mm. I checked. So it was people were freaking out about like a in breach of privacy or something. It was it was weird. It was a weird kerfuffle. I could be getting the details wrong, but it was something similar to that. Which so. again, as a matter of safety, and I mean, you bring up breach of privacy, but you're coming to a public place to wear your costume in public. I don't understand why like waiting for like somebody to give your costume a once over and be like, yeah, it's not lewd. Yeah, there's nothing like sharp on it would be well, a, like a terrible thing. I think part of it was too is that they had to, if they enforced it they would have to do it every day mm. and every time they changed costumes so if you were wearing one costume for half the day and another costume for the other half you would have to go back in Stop line and, back there. and yeah. then get re-examined which i can understand would get really annoying yeah but yeah so it was more a matter of like not really thinking through their execution yeah. rather yeah. than like the policy itself mm -hmm. 
All right. Uh, so is everyone good to take another break here? Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. All right. Let's uh, let's hear another ad from our sponsor. All right, so like I said before, the Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And if you go right now to albertapodcastnetwork.com, you'll find a, just a, a growing list of amazing Alberta-made podcasts. Um, and that's including like the fourth line, Bollywood is for lovers, the broadcast, don't call me a guru, the expat podcast. Just for Kicks podcast, High Level Showdown. I have some notes. Uh, the Loyal Company of the Roy River Valley podcast, Modern Manhood, not there yet. Seen and heard in Edmonton. That's so Maven, Tight Ends podcast, and Work Not Work Show. That's a lot of podcasts right there. Plus, <laughs> the Northern Nerd guest is in that pile as well. Um, so, yes, go over there to check out the amazing list. I mean, like the diversity of this list is incredible. Uh, so just go and check it out. There's so much there to, to see. Uh, I'm sure you'll find something to love there. So go check out albertapodcastnetwork.com for more information on all that. And that is it. That is all. Smooth. <laughs> now we get to talk about all the fun things coming up. Yes. Yes, we have like... I ton of events uh happening in the next little while um i did send uh chelsea the the extensive list uh that is coming up but i want to start off by talking about september 15th there's a grand opening of the pawn and pint uh and this is on 6919 172nd street uh in edmonton uh and this is west edmonton's newest board game cafe so we've had like a, a board game place on the West End before um, it, it had shut down, which was really sad. However, we, we finally get another, like an actual board game cafe this time on the West End, which is awesome. Uh, that's, so That's my old neighborhood. That's the part of the city I grew up in. And so based on that address, that's it feels like that'll be a good location for a yeah. board game cafe. It should get a lot of traffic and hopefully stick around for a while. Yes, so I'm I'm kind of excited. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, so go check out the Pawn and Pints uh, grand opening on September 15th. Uh, moving along to September 20th, we have Building and Beers. Choose your own adventure. Uh, and this is a Come Build a Lego Set event. Uh, they're taking on the Arc de Trump. I don't even know how to say it. I messed that up last week too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, anyways. Arc de Triomphe. Or the London Ferris wheel. What? It was an Arc oh, de Triomphe. Oh, the Arc de Triomphe? Triomphe. Triomphe. There we go. I don't speak French. <laughs> I live in Canada. I do not speak French. Mm, it's uh, okay, do I? <laughs> uh, you get to pick one of them. Uh, come out and enjoy a night of community building and with, with prizes and more. Uh, so, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's a... If you if you're looking for a really cool date night, this is held hosted by Yeg Date Night, so you know it's good. Uh, so go check that out. Building in beers, choose your own adventure, uh, and that is happening at the Craft Beer Market. 
on September 20th. Moving along, uh, now this is during uh, the Edmonton Expo, um, so I, I won't be able to make it. However, this is the high score beta launch party on September 23rd. Uh, and yes, uh, the high score it will now officially be operating every Saturday and Sunday at Dirt Bay Cafe, which is awesome. So if you like esports and you like gaming and all that kind of stuff, go to Dirt Bay Cafe on Saturday and Sunday. Now they're like there every week. So that's awesome. Uh, and that is happening on September 23rd and 24th uh, from 6 to 1. Uh, moving along. Now, we get into the Edmonton Expo. Now, the Edmonton Expo, uh, for some reason, uh, I didn't pull that up. Uh, it's happening on the, the 22nd to 24th, obviously, right? Uh, we're all super excited for it. Uh, but there's one thing in particular that I am super excited for. Uh, and that is the Nerdcast Live! You guys get to come down and you guys get to see us. We get to talk with you guys. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for this. We have. Sorry. You're so excited. You're just throwing your <laughs> keyboard around. No, I, my tab. Yeah, it's my, a party. I'm so excited. I threw my tablet to the floor. That's right. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. Yes. Uh, so the Nerdcast, uh, with the, uh, we're going to have uh, Kelly Froese. Uh, from the Edmonton Nerd List. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be talking all about the Edmonton nerdy, geeky community here. Uh, and if you go to Facebook, uh, you guys can, you know, let us know that you're going to come and check us out. Now, it's going to be awesome. Aside from Nerdcast Live, yes. are you hosting a panel at the expo again this year? Or This is a panel. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. When is the panel? I'm an artist alley this year. It's going to be my second time in the last like four years or so doing artist alley. So I'm super stoked, but like I could come by depending on the time. Yeah. Um, it is on, on Saturday mm -hmm. at 1.45 to 2.30. Okay. Which is, for me, is an awesome time. It's like the yeah. best. Because um, you're like after lunch. Yeah. We're like ready. I mean, somebody... At the Edmonton Expo, I think likes us for some reason because they gave us an awesome time. Like last year, we got five o'clock or something like that, which I thought was a great time. Uh, and we had so many of you guys come out and actually come see us, which was awesome. Um, but this this one is at one forty five to two two thirty. That's even better. Um, I'm sure we're going to be headlining with somebody else the like against us, uh, some someone awesome. But who cares? Come check us out. It's going to be fun. It's it's always going to be a great time. Um, not only that, I'd like to also mention that during the expo, right at the very end, if you are a cosplayer, don't run away. Okay. Um, please come on Sunday, come dressed up. I know some people like to like calm down on Sunday. They don't like to dress up anymore. No, come dressed up because there is a Joker's wild card photo shoot happening right at the very end of the of the expo um so this is happening you know where the bridge is to the to the coliseum mm -hmm. right on the stairs down at the front there everybody who is out there who comes in cosplay goes there and gets 
a just a big giant picture taken uh we go there we get a video of everybody we walk up and down the stairs we do some awesome cool stuff and people cheer and scream it's awesome um and you get to meet everybody who's there in costume which is awesome uh it's a great time to meet people it's a great time to just uh get a cool shot of uh what is happening um all the amazingly talented cosplayers yeah all in one location at the stairs across the street <laughs> does that happen every year i feel like it, it does yeah happens every year uh and so then after expo's done if people are having expo hangover what fun things can they go do to get over get get over their expo hangover dan well here's what you should do you should go down and watch a movie and you should go watch a movie at the metro cinema uh, and that is at the Garneau. Uh, and that is Serenity with the Alberta brown coats, right? I mean, that's that's it's a good way to get over your expo hangover. That's my way of getting over the expo hangover. I think that's on a Wednesday, right? So, I mean, <laughs> you have the expo hangover, you should just go kill yourself in the movie and, uh, you know, not kill, don't do that, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Go and sit down relax, enjoy yourself. It's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah. And then moving along, you can go the next day uh, to September 29th uh, to October 1st. And there is game a lot. Now, I don't know if you like board games, Catherine. Do you like I board love, games? I love board games. All right. So game a lot is for you. Uh, it is happening at the Kingsman Banquet Center. Uh, I believe it's in St. Albert. It's a place where people can come and gather and play some awesome board games. Uh, there is some ticket information. Uh, if you go to Facebook, just look up Game A Lot. Uh, you can go to our website. We have all the information there. So, and all the links and everything like that as well. So, Game A Lot, September 29th. Go check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then one more event that I kind of want to talk about just a little bit. And that is because it is extra life. Yes. Extra life is coming up. Now this is happening in November, which is a long way away. Not long way away. Things happen very quickly, but November 4th is extra life. We will be there, but we want to let everybody know you should, if you like video gaming, if you need to have a reason or an excuse to game for 24 hours, go to this event because it's awesome. The people there are amazing. It's so much fun. I think all you need to do is actually raise about 50 bucks. Super easy. Not only that, we want to encourage you to come and join me. That's right. Come join me for some gaming. So if you go to our website right now, go to uh, northernnerdnetwork.com. Send me, uh, I think I changed my page around. So right now it goes to my extra life page. Go donate first. Number one, go donate to the amazing uh, Stollery Foundation. That's where all the money and the proceeds go to. I don't see a dime of that. Okay. So go donate to extra life. I have the extra light page right there, but I want you to come and I want you to, you know, join my contact and come and play come, video games yes, with come him. Come join me 
on my team and come play some games with me. So two things, go donate, come join me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. That is it. Uh, thank you, Catherine, so much for joining us today. Can Where can people find you on the web? On the web, I have uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter now. Uh, on Facebook, you can find my cosplay page is Taiku Cosplay. That's T-A-I-K-U Cosplay. And then Topazius is my art page on Facebook. How do you spell that? Topa Topazius, T-O-P-A-Z-I-U-S. And on Instagram, it's also Topazius, but it's with two eyes instead of one because someone took my name. <laughs> and the same, and with uh, Twitter, it's Topazius Art. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest today. Yeah, I know you were so super like here. nervous at the beginning of this. Now yeah. it's like cool and calm. Everything's awesome, except for the fact that you dropped your your iPad. Or your it was my it was my drawing tablet. Uh -huh. it, it's like hooked by a cord, so I moved my like I have I'm sitting on a chair and I have one of my legs up and I like hit the cord and it like <laughs> domino effect. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, I've I've said it before. I say it often. We love having guests on the show who are clearly passionate about the nerdy things that they do, and you oh, sure. more than fit that bill. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us the things that you love to do. No problem. I'm glad I was able to join you guys and let everyone know that this is something I love to do and something that I'm really passionate about, and I get to share that with everybody. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Uh, so we want to thank everyone out there who listens to the show and ask everyone, if you can, to share it with your friends on social media. The Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and is produced by myself, along with Chelsea Thompson and Trina Schessel. Uh, and you can also find more information on the Northern Nerd Network by checking us out on Twitter at Northern underscore nerd on facebook at facebook.com slash northern nerd on youtube.com slash northern nerd network or even our own website northern nerd network.com now that's all the time we have i want to thank everyone out there once again for watching and or listening to this edition and i'll see you guys on the next one <laughs>